This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. It is another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, talking District 5 and 6 athletics week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. We are joined by our East Idaho expert, Sean Kane. What's up, Sean? Um, well, okay, so pretty much everywhere in Idaho not had a snow day today, right? Uh, yeah, what's the here. top what's the top thing? Well, we're like the only ones who didn't. <laughs> um, but it made me think, what are the top things to do on a snow day? Uh, n- number one's got to be sleeping in. <laughs> it was a consensus when I asked people, but I thought that was a good, since everyone was kind of enjoying a snow day today. What, what's the top thing? Maybe just that little extra bit of sleep. Well, we are, of course, broadcasting uh, live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. We have some people tuning in. If you want to drop in the comments, you know, what is the number one perk to a snow day? Uh, Obviously, as a parent now, snow days are not as fun. But when you were a kid, what was the thing you looked forward to the most? Drop it in the comments. We'll throw it up on the screen. Uh, I wouldn't have thought of sleeping in necessarily for me. I guess for me, it would have been like going outside and like, snowball fights and stuff like that yeah that you know like sledding and stuff came up a lot but you know once you kind of think about that sleeping in part it's uh kind of rises to the top there (laughs) yeah so you took you kind of conducted a straw poll yeah i asked some students some teachers because a lot of the students um in my area were a a little disappointed that their counterparts in east idaho got snow days and they didn't and i'm like well what would you even do on the day you know let's (laughs) let's do some critical thinking, a deep dive intellectual journey into this. And, you know, some couldn't answer and uh, overwhelmingly with students, it would be sleep in. Right. Or just sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. So uh, you're, you're starting your own polling company, Sean. Can you tell me how the Iowa caucus is going to (laughs) go? Left or right. (laughs) Oh man. Well, hopefully, I mean, it's all to the right. Well, (laughs) for the most part, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Of course, that's a whole separate discussion away from. Wow. Get us off track. (laughs) Yeah. Idaho high school athletics. Um, All right. Let's steer it back in here. Uh, When we think of big time wrestling, right? We do think of the Iowa Hawkeyes right at the college level, certainly. Um, But Idaho is starting to make a name for itself on the wrestling scene, Sean. And last week, was the biggest weekend of the year in Idaho wrestling. I would argue it bigger than state tournament weekend, not in terms of prestige, but just in terms of number of teams that are in Idaho competing. The uh, annual Raleigh Lane Invitational brought 98 different teams to compete over in Napa, including several from East Idaho. We also had the 50th annual Buell Invitational taking place in the Magic Valley, Sean, and there was a lot of impressive performances from East Idaho schools. Yeah. When you look down the list of the weight classes, um, pretty much every one of them has someone from East Idaho, you know, Century did well, uh, Teton, North Fremont, Marsh Valley. And we'll probably talk about Marsh Valley as they came away with the second place at the Buell Invitational. And now it wasn't extremely close from the hosts um, winning it, but it was also the 50th, anniversary of the Buell Invitational 50th is um I don't know how many things are have been held longer than that right and we think of tournaments or different things across all sports 50 
fiftieth is uh, got to be way way up there. Yeah, I think we we talked about this on the Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast, which is our standalone wrestling uh, podcast we do every Tuesday night at eight p.m. Mountain Time on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Uh, somebody said they had a, a program from Tiger Grizz Wrestling from like the '60s, so you're looking at 50 plus years for Tiger Grizz. Wow, okay. Not too many that are up there, you know, that far ahead. So, yeah, 50th annual Buell invite. Yeah, let's start there. You know, Buell ended up, you know, winning the title in pretty convincing fashion. But this is generally a good indicator of how the 3A and 2A state wrestling tournaments are going to pan out. And for Marsh Valley to come in and take second place, Sean, you know, they kind of get lost in the in the hullabaloo of South Fremont, right? Kind of the premier 3A wrestling power. But but Marsh Valley is also very, very talented. Yeah, Mar- Marsh Valley, uh, they just, you know, for a smaller school, it seemed like they had the numbers, right? They had enough competitors in all the different weight classes to be competitive where you can take your team and um, compete about against all these great teams. And that's what they did at Buell. And uh, just a great job. I, I was scrolling through here, and I believe they had one winner, too. Um yeah, Cole Dalkey uh, won at 152. Riker Gibson took first at 160 um, for Marsh Valley. And then um, the Morris boys, they didn't win, but they placed very high. So. Yeah, and you just you look at all these results. They're, they're in about every weight class, so a phenomenal job by Marsh Valley. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like, for example, Rocky Morris of Marsh Valley took second at 138. Um, the other individual champ from East Idaho uh, came at 182, Riker Fulmer of Teton. Uh, he is the kind of the favorite, you know, when we get to state at 182 and uh, pound for pound, one of the toughest wrestlers there is. So Riker Fulmer from Teton uh, continuing to do great things there as well, Sean. Um, and then... I was trying to see Oren Miller of Miller. North Fremont took first at 220. And then Zach Moss of Teton won the heavyweight at 285, Sean. Yeah. So, I mean, they're apparently being fed well in the Teton area. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good job. That. And then at the 220, it was an all East Idaho final. You know, you had Miller versus Adam West of Snake River. So that's, you know, you love to see that too. But um, you like to see all those East Idaho's there in the, one and two spots, but lots of threes and fours do and well, and that's how you win those tournaments is, is getting um, places and getting those points added up. So nice yeah. job. And Sean, uh, speaking of all East Idaho finals, you know, over at the Raleigh lane invite in Nampa, we had an all East Idaho final at 126 pounds. Now this was 98 teams, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Utah, Idaho, you know, Meridian was there, Post Falls, all these 5A and 4A squads. The 126 final came down to a 3A kid versus a 2A kid, both from East Idaho. It went the distance. Jackson Packer of South Fremont defeated Tucker Bowen of Soda Springs. Tucker Bowen, D1 commit. He's going to Wyoming to wrestle. Uh, and so to see Jackson Packer beat Tucker Bowen, it was an incredible final there at 126. Congrats to both of those guys. Yeah, nice, nice job there. And, uh, you know, just shows how, you know, vast and you guys have hit this on the mat chat that the wrestling is and how uh, we have a wealth of coaching. Um, and really, just uh, 
I mean, it's not so much under the radar now, but man, wrestling in Idaho is uh, definitely, I think it's been there, but now it's, it's got a, a marquee and some lights on it, maybe LEDs. <laughs> That's right. So as impressive as the boys were over at Raleigh Lane, the girls really stole the show. I thought, Sean, I think we have to start with Thunder Ridge. They won the team title at Raleigh Lane. Um, they ended up piling up uh, a total of 158 and a half points. Next closest was Reed High School from Nevada at 139. So they won this by nearly 20 points. Yeah, you know, and uh, East Idaho is, seems to be kind of the hotbed for, uh, you know, the girls wrestling, right? Uh, you know, a lot of it, you know, it's a state effort to get it going, but I kind of feel like East Idaho is kind of kind of is, uh, the kindling to that fire. Yes, uh, several individual champs from uh, the girls' side as well. Taylor Brown of Thunder Ridge won at 100 pounds. She is a fantastic wrestler, um, favorite at state. You had Kiana Conrad, Blackfoot freshman. We'll talk more about in a second here, winning at 126. Zoe Ortiz from Bonneville took first at 132 um as well so congratulations to our individual champions from raleigh lane kiana conrad is a freshman from blackfoot sean and she has exploded onto the scene so much so in fact that she was our idaho wrestler of the week last night on the matt chat prepcast we pick one per week not one boy one girl one, one for the whole state of idaho that's a lot of wrestlers especially <laughs> after the these two big events right you yeah. had oodles to pick from yeah, and so we go with the freshman, Kiana Conrad from Blackfoot. Uh, only three points total were scored against her the entire weekend at Raleigh Lane, which is like unheard of. And then her closest match was 6 nothing, which is decent, but really not that close. So, I mean, she took it to a whole nother level for Blackfoot this weekend. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, just, just exciting. Um and to see that kind of dominance from a freshman, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty remarkable. Uh, one more cool story uh, that we shared on the Matt Chat Prepcast last night, Sean, and then we'll move on to basketball. Um, uh, Riker Vale from Bonneville just crossed 100 career wins uh, this past week, as did DJ Niter from Idaho Falls. Uh, so we had two different individual wrestlers cross a hundred wins in their career, which is phenomenal. Um, but Riker Vale of Bonneville was battling. And I don't, I don't remember if it was the quarters or the semis or, uh, but at one point he dislocated his jaw, Sean, his, <laughs> just pop his, it. Miss some Miyagi. <laughs> he, yeah, it's exactly. He popped, he popped it back in and then just got back in there. <laughs> uh, no, one's going to say he's not tough. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. That's amazing. Just pop uh, that back in and go. And yeah, wow. And but again, congrats to both those guys. A hundred hundred wins is is amazing. You know how many opportunities you're gonna get. Like you said, you have injuries that can happen, but to reach that hundred match win mark is an incredible feat. Yeah, I just I couldn't believe that when I heard that story last night about uh Riker Vale. So it was just phenomenal. Um <laughs> pretty epic story uh there so anyways uh let's move on to uh basketball action sean and we'll start in uh on the girls side a couple of big games that we were previewing on last week's show and now we have a chance to break them down where do you want to start um 
Let's let's start with uh, 4A just because I have it here. <laughs> but, okay. um, uh, you know, we kind of talked about Skyline and Blackfoot and District 6 as that was going to kind of be a uh, kind of a big matchup coming. And that happened on the 3rd of January. And Skyline took care of business, beating Blackfoot 63 to 43, which I kind of felt was a big time, big time win for Skyline. I thought that game might be a little closer uh, on paper. So I find I found that kind of interesting in the 4A uh, matchups. Yeah, it's all kind of coming to a head, right? Shelly, 14 and 0 overall, 5 and 0 in the conference. Skyline now 11 and 3 overall, 4 and 0 in the conference. They were supposed to play last night at the Taj Mahal, Sean. Of course, uh, like so many events, it got wiped out because of the bad weather. No word on when that is going to be made up. Selfishly, I want it to be at the very end of the regular season. Although they're already playing Shelly at the very end of the, the season. Last game. Oh yeah, I don't so, know. They probably don't want to go that back to back, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes you can only schedule what you can schedule and you got to get those conference games in so that will be a, a interesting matchup nonetheless yeah it's going to be really uh intriguing to see the battle between you know the shipping sisters and then you look at canon for shelly and the contrasting styles you know both of them you know shea ship and especially can they can both go inside. They can both shoot it from the outside. They they mirror each other almost in what they're able to do. So uh, when we do finally get that matchup, Sean, it's going to be a really good one. Yeah, and you know, last year that was probably the best basketball game. Um, I think we covered one of the best by far that we covered last year at the Potato Cellar was Skyline versus Shelley, and went to overtime. And you know, um, Shippen and Cannon usually are defending each other too, so you have that interesting matchup. And uh, I would expect nothing less but some fireworks when that happens. Yeah. Uh, so uh, right now, still officially on the schedule, January twenty fifth in Shelley, uh, the game at Skyline to be determined. TBD. <laughs> we'll wait and see. Uh, we talked about you know in the three A rank, Sean Teton mm-hmm. is the only undefeated team left. They're sixteen and zero. Are they going to drop a game? We'll find out tonight when they go to Sugar Salem. This is the first big matchup. They'll play each other again in Teton on January 19th. But uh, just last week, we talked about Teton and Snake River in this big non-conference matchup. Teton wins it 51-44, to picking up the season sweep of the defending state champs from Snake River. Yeah, and you know that was a game kind of had marked down because – the first one was uh, a little closer, so we were pretty excited to see what would happen. That you know, um, S- Snake lost 51 57 in the first matchup, so uh, Teton came in and kind of took care of business and undefeated. And they've just got some great athletes on that team, and I- I'm kind of excited to-, to see where it goes from here. Uh, of course, sugar is not even with the record, you know, you can't ever go into sugar and expect an easy time, right? You're going to, no. no, it's a rivalry. Um, the sugar team's young. I've seen them in action live and, um, they're quick. I would say that the speed is there. They might not have, um, all the, you know, the, the heavy, knowledge of veterans but their speed um and athleticism will keep them in the game for sure 
Teton 16 and 0, South Fremont 12 and 2, Sugar 10 and 4. That is a combined total of what 26 and 12 is 40, 48 and 6, Sean. Those three teams all up there in the Mountain Rivers Conference. That's going to change eventually. They're all going to start playing each other, but pretty remarkable feat. Yeah, that's uh it it makes it tough, right? When it comes down to the end of the year because those you know, you have your whole season, but really those last few games of the year become so important uh, due to the limitations of who can make it and who's going to, you know, get to state. So, you know, you'd say the season's important, but let's be honest, districts, uh, um, these district matchups are going to be super important. And then that tournament is just going to be uh, unreal. Yeah. Well, let's uh, dip down to the 2A uh, Southeast Idaho Conference, Sean, where again, the kind of this three-team race between Malad and Bear Lake and Soda Springs. Now, here you have to look at the conference records. You can't look at the overall records because you'll see Malad at 13-2, and two, which is great, and Bear Lake at 12-2, and two, which is outstanding. But you'll see Soda Springs at 5-10, and 10, and you'll go, What's up with that? They're, they're not in the equation, but Soda played such a rigorous schedule that, and they do this every year. You really can't look at their overall win loss record. What is important is the conference marks, Sean, where Malad is three and one, Bear Lake and Soda Springs are each two and one, and they've all kind of beaten up on each other. Um, you know, if we look at Malad, they were able to get a two point win over Soda Springs on Saturday, 54 52. That came right after a three-point loss to Bear Lake, though, 53-50. to 50. I mean, those are two one-possession games that shows how tight this trio of teams really are. Yeah, and in Bear Lake uh, on the fourth got a win over Malad, 53-50, and I kind of thought that was a kind of a big win. But, man, there it could just go back and forth, and it could end up being a coin flip for a number one seed. Uh, but, yeah, again, combined, you, you know, you take away Soda's record, um, you know, th there wouldn't be, they would be kind of in that same conversation of, you know, like 25 wins, six losses. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> tough teams there. I mean, Soda Springs has played five teams from Utah. They've played Star Valley, Wyoming, which is always a really tough team. Uh, they've played Grace this year, which is a juggernaut at the 1AD1 level. So yeah, five and 10, you can't really judge there. But so Soda has beaten Bear Lake by eight. And then Bear Lake beat Malad by three. And then Malad beat Soda by two. Uh, I cannot wait for the rematches to come. Um, the first rematch that we will get, Sean, I want to make sure I'm not shortchanging anybody here. On January 18th, that's next Thursday, um, Soda Springs is going to host Bear Lake. That looks like the next domino to fall is going to be on the 18th. So another data point for us to use. Yeah. And then the Malad and Malad plays Bear Lake on January 20th and then Soda Springs on the 24th. So it's going to be boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and all of these teams are deep, like really incredibly deep. I mean, Malad has a ton of freshmen and sophomores on the combined you know, varsity JV roster this year. In fact, uh, I think they only have two seniors, Oakley Hebden and Hallie Horsley. And, and otherwise it's pretty much all freshmen and sophomores and Bear Lake is kind of the same way. Yeah. Bear Lake's kind of the, the same way. Um, I believe they only have one senior. 
on their team, but Bear Lake's got some last names you've heard, right? Like Shaw and and Neil. <laughs> they have the the the, um, the brothers and sisters of, of of last names that you've you've heard before, and, and both them have been playing very well uh, for Bear Lake. So, man, both young teams. That's dangerous when you play that well, and you're you know one senior on the team for Bear Lake. That's crazy. Yeah, Sadie Shawl, and uh, as you mentioned, you know Crockett is a, a name that we're used to hearing down there, and Taisley Neal uh, certainly as well. So yeah, Bear Lake continuing to excel. They are on a six-game winning streak. Sean, they just beat Aberdeen sixty-four to seven. So Coach Ken Wells uh, doing a fantastic job with these young ladies. Last year, Bear Lake got the district, Sean, and they were the number four seed uh, overall, and. They really, I mean, they went seven and 18 overall, uh, but they got the districts. They knocked off Malad. They upset a Malad team that had gone, you know, 10 or uh, 12 and 10 in the regular season and, and ended their season. And I think that upset at districts. Now they fell short in the third place game against Westside and didn't get to state. But I think that upset of Malad at districts last year has really laid the foundation for this run from Bear Lake that we're seeing this year and then of course there's soda springs the old hat right they got to the championship game last year they have been the premier program in this league for some time i mean going back even 20 years um and they have a couple of pieces remaining from this big run right they've got uh you know yanetti garbit you know in her senior season and kinley osborne and uh, Kemp, but they did lose some pieces like Zippy Thompson and some of those other players from last year. So they're kind of, this is kind of their, their big push here with the, with this talented group of seniors. Yeah. You, you, you see soda has a, um, quite a few more seniors than these other teams. So it's going to be the age old battle of youth versus old, right? Or <laughs> ageless. Yes, for sure. Um, all right, and then let's wrap up here. One AD one, one AD two. Uh, nothing new. Grace, you know, still rolling their 11 and three, one and oh in league play. They did beat Butte County, who is expected to be their, their closest challenger. Um, uh, but this one AD two Rocky Mountain Conference, Sean, uh, continues to be interesting, uh, to say the least. You know, the latest glance at the standings, uh, shows Mackie at two and oh, Rockland at three and oh. Grace Lutheran at three and one, Ledor at two and one, Water Springs at two and one. That's five teams all within a game of each other in the loss column. Yeah. And uh, Rockland went and played Richfield on the fourth and lost only by eight. And Richfield's uh, normally a very good team, too. So that, you know, that's a loss for Rockland, but a tough team. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to come down to the wire there. And again, like this conference is so big, only certain games count as a conference game. So it'll be kind of interesting to see towards the tail end how this pans out. I, it's hard to pick a favorite here. And we talked about this in the preseason, right? The preseason coaches poll was all over the place. Mackie uh, was our official, you know, first place team in our preseason coaches poll that we conducted. And, you know, they've been playing well. They're seven and six. They played a very rigorous schedule. They are off to a 2-0 and start in league play with uh, wins over North Gem and Water Springs. They did beat Ledor in a non-conference game, Sean, back in December by 12. But, you know, I expect Ledor to be much improved from that. I, there's something about Ledor. I still just feel it in my gut. 
you know, I think Ledor has the pieces to get to state again. Yeah, Ledor is always kind of the the <laughs> the stepsister, right? We talk about them, but um, really they always come on really strong. Ledor team is a team that comes on strong at the end at districts, and you could see that again for sure coming up um, as the season concludes. And I know all my Grace Lutheran people are going, hey, we're nine and two. We're not chopped liver over here. You no. know, two and one in conference. I will say uh, Grace Lutheran did just play Rockland on Friday night. They lost by 15, 45 to 30. So maybe, you know, I would put, you know, Rockland, Leto or Mackey in that top tier. And then I would put, you know, Grace Lutheran right below them in the next tier. But they've got they've got room to make a move here. They still play Ledor. And Mackie, you know, they're going to play Mackie on Friday night, weather permitting. So that'll be at Grace Lutheran. Be a good matchup. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good one. Um, and it'd be a good kind of balancing to see maybe where everyone stands after that game. Yep, for sure. All right. Uh, let's let's move over to boys basketball where they're just there isn't a lot of drama, Sean, right? You know, 5A Madison's kind of the favorite Hillcrest in 4A in, in District 6. 3A, you know, Teton and Sugar are going to battle. Snake River is kind of the favorite in District 5. Uh, you know, 2A is somewhat open, you know, 1A, D1, 1A, D2. But the big matchup everybody's been waiting for. Round one tonight, Preston at Pocatello at the pit. What a matchup this is going to be. Yeah, just... um you couldn't draw it up any better. You know, there's only four teams in boys basketball that are 11 that have 11 wins. Two of them are Preston and Hillcrest and the other two, I believe are in one, one, a D two, but I mean, wins aside, you know, this is going to be a battle. I think, you know, you have a Pocatello team. You kind of know what you're getting. Um, you have a Preston team that just is, does everything so well. Um, and is well coached, and they just have a lot of six-one guys that all play wing and can dribble and slam dunk it. So I, I think it'll, it'll be a phenomenal matchup. And the thing is, it you know, they're gonna play at least probably like five more times. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I mean, you know, the conference is only Preston, um, Pocatello, and Century, and the reality is, you're gonna get those two conference matches and. You're pro, you know, what team can beat the other team twice, right? I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Can you put them away um, two times in a row and 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 clinch that place to state? But I, I think it should be a really, really good game. I don't think it, it uh, you know, the, whatever the end result is, does that mean that team's the best team? No, I think you could see them go back and forth. You could see one team lose both matchups and win districts. I, I don't think we can really pencil anything in um, yet. And you can never really uh, pencil out a Preston Indians basketball team, but the thunder, you know, now the new number one team um, have been playing really well and they they've got some quality wins. They went and played tournaments and you got the Boise state commit Julian Bowie and really you, you and Drew Contreras has been playing really well. A lot of people have said they've been very impressed with his, um, ability on the basketball court this season to kind of help out uh, Bowie on the offensive side. So, man, what a matchup. Yeah, we talk about Julian Bowie all the time, but, the, I mean, they bring back, you know, Drake Contreras is elevating his game. They bring back Kessler Vaughn, right, who can get hot in a hurry. Yep. 
they have they still have Gage on Taveros inside. That's the big question for me is how does how does Pocatello offset Preston's you know trapping pressing defense? Can their ball handlers and I'm I'm kind of looking at Kessler Vaughn here. You know he's going to have to do a lot of that. Um, how do they handle that? And then for Preston, I'm looking at all right. How do you how do you stop this six foot ten giant inside and Gage on Taveros right? Yeah, you know Preston's. I don't wouldn't say is is lengthy or as tall as they've been in the past, but I I think they could do a good job moving off ball screens and double teaming when appropriate. I think, you know, you can't, you know, Julian Bowie's gonna get, he's gonna get his, he's gonna get his points. Um, but can you stop and shut down enough of the other players of the Thunder um, to put yourself in a position? And then big question for me is, um, who's gonna be the guy for Preston to kind of like lead the charge they're always so balanced and you know they don't care if so-and-so gets 10 points and so-and-so but i think to win these type of games you kind of need that um that hero or you know that that knight in shining armor who's going to kind of step up and kind of lead the guys and i'm gonna i'll take the shot you know what i mean kind of just that leader as kind of bowie is for the thunder yeah you need that alpha for sure pocatello better win this game because if they don't now you're looking at having to go to Preston just to try and earn a split of the regular season title and that first round buy, which is so important because it's one less game at districts, right? You can keep everybody a little fresher and you could throw everything out in that first game to, to really at districts to, to set the tone. Um, if they don't win at home and the pit's a tough place to go win, but Preston's an even tougher place to go win. So you got to, you got to defend the home floor tonight. If you're pokey. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to rank tough places to play, man, I would say the pit and, and Preston got to be in, in the top there. I think those are just, those are hard places to go. I I'm a big fan of the pit. I think it's one of the uh, best places to go watch a high school basketball game, but you know, Preston, Preston too, that's, they're going to be, um, they're going to be packed. It's going to be packed. Um, at the pit tonight these games everyone in the community comes out and watches and it will it'll be packed you you just you go you go for the show <laughs> that's right uh go for the show uh that might be our our title let me jot that down real quick go for the show um I, yeah go ahead sean well i was just gonna say and y- your thought of you know winning and then have to go down and win preston's big too but I, I i just don't think i just don't think it matters i think even even let's just say theoretically if Preston loses both I still think Preston could come in and and find a way to win in districts I I don't know how important it is being such a small bracket but, but maybe you're right but in my head I I feel like who can win two games at that tournament like can go out and just and not let someone back in um and it'll be interesting to see you know last year Preston got one but then had to go back to the pit and couldn't really get the gas going. And so maybe you're right on your side that if Preston can reverse that, get that win and, and put it away um, at home and not have to go back to the pit, you know, who knows? But uh, I think it's just who can win two games. <laughs> right. Well, it's crucially important because it's a three-team district, right? Pocatello, Preston, Century. And we haven't talked about Century a lot. It's not that Century's bad, just compared with Pocatello and Preston, they're just not quite there yet, but they're still a good team. So that's the danger is, okay, if you don't, if you don't win the conference title in the regular season, you don't get that first round by you're the two seed. You have to play century at your place to start. 
that's going to be a tough game. Ryan Frost is a great coach, especially in the postseason. And, and you are going to have to grind it out and get a win over a century team while the other team gets to stay fresh. They get a night off. And then more importantly, if you win that first game with century, then you have to you have to travel to yeah. the other venue. Right. And we've talked about how what great home court advantages yeah. they are for Preston and Pokey. Having that home court advantage is going to be huge at districts. Yeah, that that could be the determining factor for sure. And. Yeah, I think it's just going to be a, a real grind, and um, I think everyone in that's looking at 4A rankings is kind of holding their breath to kind of see what happens tonight because you have, you know, Pope Catello, Hillcrest, and Preston in those top three spots, and uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens. It all starts tonight, Sean. You've got a shout out here in the chat. Hi, Dad from Elliot. Oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be my son. <laughs> school's out for today <laughs> oh yeah this was grandma and grandpa fun that's cool that's the punishment if he doesn't listen he has to listen to the podcast <laughs> oh man that is that's torturous oh, for sure rough yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well the last thing I, we wanted to touch on before we got out of here was the butte county boys basketball team at the 1AD1 ranks now of course earlier this fall butte county won their first football championship in school history and then Every single member of the varsity basketball team, Sean, played football. So they were Coach Mindy Gamet uh said in, in their season preview for Butte County that it's gonna take us a couple of weeks to build up because we just went on this big deep football run. We're pretty beat up and bruised, and like every single player on the varsity and JV played football. And yet here they are, nine and two overall. 2-0 and in conference play. I'll admit, in my head coming in, I kind of leaned towards Grace in the preseason just because Grace has been to state so many times over the years and they have some big guys, you know, inside and some good athletes. And yet, you know, Butte County won the first matchup against Grace before the holiday break by 10, 59-49. The rematch comes Friday night at grace must win game now for the Grizzlies, but what an impressive start it's been for Butte County. Yeah. And you know, and you look at Butte County's losses, they lost to wood river, which is a four a, and it was a close 44 56. And they lost to an Oakley team um, close to 56 to 60. So uh, Butte County could be undefeated uh, very easily at this point in the season after making that transition. And that is not easy to do. Uh, to transition from football to basketball and it's not like they have a million guys coming in um, to fill those roles so for those guys to shift gears like that is very impressive and then further adding to the butte county story uh most people heard about this during the football season but of course dylan way meyer who is a senior at butte county high school was it was a offensive and defensive lineman for the football team collapsed during a game had to be rushed to the hospital uh you know life-threatening injuries um he is on the mend and recovering doing great he was uh in holt arena for the football championship yeah. got to leave the hospital and be there with his team which was great um but he's still recovering and uh coach gamut you know mindy gamut said in in our season preview for butte county like obviously what happened to dylan just in terms of recovery hurts she said but at the same time we were counting on him to 
give us good minutes inside in the post, you know, because he's like six one six two, And so they're definitely missing that production with Dylan Waymeyer. But Dylan is able to be with the team, obviously just not playing. And he's kind of he's kind of a coach this year. He's like an extra coach on the bench. It's kind of a cool deal. Putting him to work for free. Wow. <laughs> um, and you know that and you know, that's great. You know, you get some peer interaction. Um, and they know, you know, he's going to know what they need to do and he's going to be able to tell them and, and kids can talk to kids differently than coaches can talk to kids. So, uh, that's a great asset to have and, um, and then just a great, you know, that he can still be part of it and be part of his team. And he's, you know, he's losing out on playing time, but he isn't losing out on the time, um, with his friends and his team and his coaches. And that's really the most important part because that's what you're going to remember. Yeah. So Dylan, uh, student coach, Dylan Waymeyer, as he still recovers from uh, his, his uh, traumatic, you know, brain injury that he suffered during the football season. So, but we're keeping an eye on the pirates, big game Friday night in grace um, and a must win for the Grizz. Like we said, kind of for the same reason, right? It's a three team district with grace and chalice and Butte County kind of like pokey and Preston and century. So a lot of good basketball as we are into the new year here. Sean, we're going to start broadcasting games again on IdahoSports.com. East Idaho Game Night starts up next week. Uh, stay tuned to the homepage at IdahoSports.com and all of our social media accounts. You can always see what we're up to by clicking on the Game Streams tab on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. So warm up those vocal cords, Sean. We need you. Man, I did senior night for Century Girls last night, and my voice already hurts, so... I got to get with the trainer. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, uh, you get to hear me more than you wanted to guys. More <laughs> than we bargained for. That's what we always deliver here on the East Idaho prep cast. Hey, big thanks to everybody that tuned in. Uh, enjoy the competition this weekend. Everybody, if you are traveling, going to be really nasty weather wise, please be safe. We want you back here next week. For another edition of the East Idaho Prepcast. But until then, for Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.